The Movie Hour, Episode 55, October 8th, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Hello everyone and welcome to the Ellen Page Uncomfortable Eye Contact Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, and I am proud to be back in the studio with our mutual movie friends, Jim Maloney and Jeff Hendrickson. It's good to see you guys face-to-face once again, fellas. Bah. Bah. When you say face-to-face, can you see me? Oh, totally. I'm not wearing pants. You're not wearing... What's funny is, like, I'm not wearing pants either. I was going to say, it's been a couple weeks since I've been able to walk around without pants, because, you know... I've, uh, everything's been sort of understandably. Nobody wants to be that guy walking yeah. around without pants around little girls. Yeah, it was it was understandably stressful in uh, in that environment. But I'm back. Yeah, to... that's the that's the last time we send you out to California. <laughs> Failed to get the James Wood sponsorship. Thanks a lot. I know it's sort sent of like you do one thing and you fuck it up. Jeff, I you're going you next time. Send me out there. It's sort of like when you do your fantasy team, like in some stupid uh, stupid uh, football game. Your uh, what is it? Not fantasy. Uh, it's a. Uh, Come on, Jim. You're you're the football fantasy football. No, no, no. The video uh, games when you do your uh, when you try to recruit people. Anyways, terrible, gotcha. terrible joke. Yeah, well, send the head coach next time. Yeah, you send the head coach. coach. I, I'm the head coach, dude. I, I did I did my best, and I I, I don't know about that any longer. <laughs> we might have to switch that title. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a hard time out there, but uh, now Jeff and I are back in the studio. Uh, without pants, and Jim's here. Jim's here together with us to discuss our. Uh, yeah, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> our movies today. About the pants. <laughs> Me being stuck with you two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you meant about wearing pants. I did. Want... I wasn't happy about wearing pants, so I took mine off. <laughs> I did want to send out a, a blanket thank you to everybody for uh, the support while I was out in California. Uh, Laura and Steve, especially, and uh, all our, our uh, movie listeners, got a lot of email, a lot of uh, get well soon cards, and. Uh, Especially, I wanted to thank our production crew. Uh, they're the best. They sent chocolates. So, uh, what's that? Is as soon <laughs> as soon as I uh, I get in town, Jeff's picking up anchor, and now he's going to New York. Isn't uh, Isn't that true, Jeff? That's true. I'm yeah. going to New York on Thursday. What's the deal? I'll like, be staying through Sunday. Are you going to get um, James Woods to uh, sponsor or something? Because no, uh, no, De Niro. No. Hello. Oh, yeah, I'm working on De Niro. I'm you actually him for the big fish. This. Um. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I have noticed a lot of traffic uh, coming from New York recently. Jeff, uh, hello, Rasa. She's she's watching. She's watching. She knows. I I, I actually have uh, have yet to give her a link to this show. She actually kind of <laughs> pulled me off a little bit about it tonight. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm really not. I'm really not sure she needs to listen to this. That's uh, <laughs> that's my girlfriend out there in New York who I'm going to see. Oh. Uh, no, I'll give her the link probably very soon and. Tell her yeah. that uh, I just said hello to her. You gotta, you gotta send it to her. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that's what pushes me over the edge. Uh, <laughs> tell her that you guys make me act like this on this show. That I'm, I'm actually very normal and nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before our weekly movie reviews, I'd, uh, I'd like to settle in with some some Hollywood updates uh, for starters. Uh, but to begin with, Samarada from last episode made a big mistake. I mentioned that uh, Toy Story Two was not going to actually be released with, in 3D with the first Toy Story. 
which I was, uh, I knew it to make, to make a joke. I was about 30% sure that it was, I was pretty sure that was going to happen. And uh, <laughs> that's an old joke. Yeah. About well, 30% sure. That's not um, sure at all. It turns out I was wrong and it was, and it definitely was released as a double feature with the first one. And it actually made a lot of cash, uh, third for the weekend in, uh, engrossing and it was uh 12 million. So I'm sure, uh, the Pixar people are a little happy about that. And all those, uh, little kids that, uh, Decided that Toy Story was their their favorite movie of all time. I guess some kid, some parents had a second shot of introducing their kids to their favorite uh their favorite Woody, right, Jeff? Right, Jeff? Uh, is that is that like a is that a Roman joke? Polanski joke? <laughs> <laughs> there is a Roman Polanski joke in there somewhere. Trying I, to get I out of it. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Zombieland rakes in twenty five million t- while taking the top grossing uh, spot for the weekend. Uh, Good for Zombieland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Made I, I heard a rave review about Zombieland, by the way. So a rave I mean, review. I to go check it out. Yes, rave review. Really? What was what was there a comment about the Bill Murray situation? By the way, because yes, <laughs> yes, I didn't get details, but he said it was. I, I heard side splittingly funny. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Which sure. I'm worried about because now I'm worried that I'm you know getting it pumped up too much and I'm going to go in there and like yeah that was amusing but yeah yeah. Well, yeah, it made the money. It's good stuff. Like it, this is obviously not obviously not a big Hollywood weekend. There were like a, a billion horror movies and uh, Zombieland, and we also had uh, um, the Invention of Lying, which unfortunately the Gervais movie did not make that much. I think it made like eight million or something, and which kind of surprises. Yeah, it surprises me because they've been promoting the shit out of it. It's on TV like every five minutes. Yeah, it made seven million. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it was on TV quite a bit, and Zombieland was, and it. Like it made top spot, but twenty five million, uh, I guess, isn't the biggest number. Yeah, I I don't know how well no, it is. Yes, yeah, the number oh, guy. But... I can tell you there are numbers bigger than twenty five million. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you're back in the saddle, Jeff. It's good to see you. I'm happy you're back. Um, also, uh, on our first movie hour ever, we talked about a possible Arrested Development movie, and there's. Uh, uh, we talked about then about how uh, Sarah was going to be on board for the rest of the development movie, and the issue was uh, uh, Mitchell Hurwitz, the creator writer of the show, uh, didn't want to start the story unless everyone was on board, all the all the big names for the movie. And uh, we actually didn't hear anything about people being signed on, but we do know that Hurwitz has started writing the screenplay. He said he has, so you know, using some kind of math there that tells us that we're going to have a movie, and uh, it's it's about time, rest of development. It's about time. I hope we have another show. That show was fantastic. I wish. There's no, yeah, unfortunately, and it's you know I guess it's sort of decent timing. The, the rest of development uh, followers needed some kind of uh, some kind of good news because they're cut, getting themselves cut off of Hulu, so they're gonna have to find somewhere else. <laughs> some to, kind of pick me up. They could just go out and buy the DVDs like I did. <laughs> There's too many good shows that have been cut. So yeah, I just got done watching The Firefly and loved it, and that only lasted one season. Yeah, it's like twelve episodes. It's it's tough. I, I realize uh, this isn't is a TV good. hour, but um, we can. I, if I'm going to put in a plug for one show that's on TV right now, that probably won't be for that much longer because it's one of those shows that's just too good. Uh, the, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is the funniest thing on TV right now. You know, I'm recording that too, so I'll have to keep checking Ooh. it out. Is it because you lived in Philadelphia, Jeff? Does that have uh, any, uh, no? You any know, the first couple here? episodes that I saw uh, were before I moved to Philadelphia, and I really enjoyed them then, and I really enjoy him now uh the philadelphia aspect i don't think has that much to do with it but maybe i'm wrong maybe being in philadelphia really uh turned me on to the whole philadelphia humor and to uh to continue our tv movie hour uh you claimed before that it was sort of like a, a seinfeld with 
more assholes, pretty much. Yeah, Everyone's I mean, it's just, just the plots are, are a little bit ludicrous, but um, kind of intertwined, the plots that all, all the characters are taking place in. And none right. of the characters are exactly sympathetic. Like, there's not, like, the nice guy or, like, the the, the girl that just wants to meet a nice boy. Like, they're all horrible <laughs> people, and that, that's what makes it so it, funny. Yeah, the few episodes right. you did show me, they were assholes to each other. <laughs> So also on uh, on the docket, uh, James Boy Nathan Fillion has a movie coming out called Trucker. What the hu- what's going on with? And we were just talking about Nathan Fillion, who's uh, in the Firefly uh, Serenity movie, and now he's making the movie called Trucker. What's the deal, James? Um, I actually seen the preview for that one, and it kind of looks interesting. Michelle Monaghan really? plays a female trucker that uh, has taken her kid cross country to her sick father, and it's basically Wait, yeah. Her- and then she has to uh, she has to do like a. Um- uh, arm wrestling tournament, right? To, to win <laughs> the truck and her son back. <laughs> yes. I was going to make a Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. <laughs> no, I went, I went I got, for an over-the-top joke, a Slice the Lone <laughs> reference, which I think gets me the win. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think that is give, give you the win there. <laughs> so it looked interesting. She, I, she's on a cross-country trip with her kid in a truck. Yeah, basically she's just dropping off her kid. She has never had much to do with the kid. Like She left the family after she had the kid, left him with her I don't know, extended family or something, but uh, so yeah, the kid's pretty much, you know, trying to figure out why she was like that, and you know, it's kind of like a heart-to-heart trip. And where's Nathan Fillion fit in this? Does he play the two-year-old? Um, kid? I think he's a random fling along the way that she's oh, had, nice. and he comes into the picture. That's nice, Nathan. Well but, done. Yeah, so she's supposed to actually do a really good job in it, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, on the the Hollywood the Hollywood side, it is getting close to Halloween, so of course. Uh, the big business already has 20 horror movies coming out prematurely. Uh, the highlight from this weekend I would have to pick out is The Children, pretty much just because I wanted to uh, mention that uh, because anytime a kid, there's uh, this movie's about kids turning evil, and anytime a kid turns evil, it just and just starts killing people. It's the scariest thing of all time. Like Children of Corn did it, <laughs> Pet Cemetery did it, and even Exorcist to an extent. And like Hollywood's just Hollywood's got it down. Like if there's a kid turning against their parents. I think anybody that actually, you know, is close to having a kid or is of breeding age, which I guess isn't that old, it freaks me out. Anything that's like a two-year-old trying to kill people, it's it's the edge. And uh, there are two movies coming out, I think, this week alone that are about kids killing people. And uh, it must be the it must be the flavor of the century because it's scary. Yeah, horror movies in general are coming out. There's like eight of them, I think, I counted. Yeah, I, I, I said 20. Didn't you hear me? I said 20 earlier. Yeah, yeah I, just, I said 20. 20. Well, we didn't believe you because you're an idiot. <laughs> you're not the math guy. I know just the math guy. I'm the math guy. <laughs> I am an idiot, but I do uh, know what time it is, and it's it, and it's time to move on. <laughs> to our, uh, our movie I don't think you're an idiot. <laughs> Uh, James, let's let's start off with our, our movie reviews to help uh, help our listeners choose between the sea of uh, sea of terrible movies and the the plateau of genius. Well, this plateau. review will definitely help people. Then, um, I ended up watching a movie called Hugo Pool, a 1997 movie. Um, it was written and directed by Robert Downey Sr. Um, There's no such exactly. thing as a Robert Downey Sr. <laughs> <laughs> Trippy. I know. Um, basically, it's about a day in the life of a pool cleaner, and that's the oh. entire movie. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano's yes. in it. She, oh she plays God. a girl named Hugo, who happens to be the the pool cleaner, and it's all about her going, you know, departing one day, having to clean forty four pools by the end of the day, and all the weirdos and strange characters she intertwines with during the day. Um, 
It's got a star-studded cast. Malcolm McDowell's in it as her absurd junkie dad. Kathy Moriarty plays her gambling addict mom. Patrick Dempsey's a, a new would-be customer that they end up traveling with uh, through most of the day. Um, he plays a wheelchair-bound Lou Gehrig's disease victim who talks through his PC voice box thing. Jesus. Yeah. I knew that guy was an asshole. Robert Downey Jr. shows up in his father's film as a uh, deadbeat director with this outrageous French accent who uh, just hasn't paid his bill in, like, five years. He's been cleaning his pool for five years. Sean Penn shows up as just a strange hitchhiker. In fact, that's how he's listed in the cast, strange hitchhiker. Um, that his, and he had a pool to clean? Um, no, he he's uh, got, got picked up by the dad who's doing like a side job picking up some water. And their, their whole interaction is the dad wants his shoes. Crazy, mm. I know. And Richard Lewis plays an Italian mobster who is ordering the water that his, the dad's picking up. The movie is a ridiculously stupid, random <laughs> group of events. There's absolutely no story to it. The characters are... Ridiculous! They're they're all just caricatures of just weird archetypes and stuff. Um, all the acting is just overacting. It looks like a collection of people just getting together and fucking around. And they filmed it for a couple hours. Um, if you've ever seen even Cowgirls Get the Blues, it reminded me of that just a more toned down version of it. So basically, the movie was complete garbage. Wait, okay, so I and haven't seen you, even Cowgirls Get the Blues, but I know the guy that wrote it, uh, the book, and I thought it was really good. Is there any chance, you know me pretty well, is there any chance that I would actually enjoy this movie? Um, maybe. Maybe. You being a numbers guy, I would say you've got a 20 I enjoy Cowgirl Gets the Blues better just because it was wackier, but, I mean, at least Cowgirls Get the Blues, I mean, they went places. I mean, there is, like, story. This was just... Hey, I'm cleaning some pools. Who did I meet today? Oh, hi. How's it going? You know, and just next person, next person. Okay, end of the movie. I'm just like, what the hell? I'm sure the one question all our listeners have right now is, how did uh, Alyssa Milano do in this movie? Um, her talents were on display. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, she's that's a real crazy. class act, Alyssa Milano. So, Jeff, oh, and Chuck Barris a- shows up, by the way. And <laughs> this is the, the real Chuck Barris? The real Chuck Barris. <laughs> cool. Jeff, do you have a, a movie review to uh, to share with our listeners? No. Oh, that's unfortunate. Sorry. That's okay. Well, I, I, did I went, watch I went three weeks without having one. I, I assume you're going to review it. Yeah, of course I am. Of course I am. Uh, no, I have I have my own, and it's actually it's a little on along the bazaar like Jim's, but I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend this one. But before before I start with the movie, uh, the movie I saw was The City of Lost Children. Um, this was recommended to me by, I, I don't remember because it was so long ago, I'm so behind on my Netflix queue, it's a disaster, but uh, it was either recommended to me by my sister Michelle or my uh, my Netflix blood brother, Varys, but, um, and by the way, if anyone has any uh, recommendations for me, I'm all ears, uh, if you want to, I know we had a post about it in, uh, for IDs in the forums at gungapit.com, but you can also email at gungapit.com, and, uh, or sorry, gungapit at gmail.com, that, Gungapit.com. And uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on it. I'm, I need all the ideas I can get. If you look at my queue, I think you'll understand my plight. It's currently, I think I'm Monster Squad is on its way to my house. And if, uh, if that gives you an idea of what I'm working yet? with. So let me ask you something. No, Last Starfighter is also on there. It definitely it's also on it. But, of all the movies so that, uh, that I've reviewed that I've said are really good and we should all run out and see them, how many of those have you uh, put, in, put on your queue there, Greg? A lot of them I've seen already because we've seen them together. Hmm. But uh, hmm. I don't know. I've seen... we. I'm just not sure why we even do the movie reviews if the people on the show don't even listen, the hosts of the show. Yeah. Well, 
dealing with people, dealing with the numbers guy, I'd probably seen, I'd probably seen like 30%, maybe like 33.333 repeating, but, um, oh, that you've reviewed. Anyways, uh, but I do have, uh, I do need some help on my queue. Don't get me wrong, I do love stupid movies, but I've seen a lot of them already, because, uh, I love them so much. Ice Pirates is not stupid. (laughs) Ice Pirates is great. Anyways, uh, The City of Lost Children is what I'm reviewing, and in short, good movie. It's a, it's about a mad scientist named Crank. Which is always funny. Who is uh, aging rapidly because he can't have any of his own dreams. Uh, he resorts into kidnapping children from the city and stealing their dreams through like this monstrous device thing. And uh, this is where our hero steps in. Ron Perlman, everybody's favorite. Uh, he plays a circus strongman who's adopted a, a, a brother and uh, his little brother gets kidnapped. And while searching for him, he meets like this. He meets this nine-year-old girl named Miette. Uh, sorry, it's a French foreign film, so give me a break. I'm not. I'm not French, but I'm trying. Uh, who pretty much plays the brains to match his brawn, and they uh, they work together to defeat evil, etc., etc. Uh, the highlights of the film are really just the visuals. You get this sort of like Brothers Grimm fantasy fairy tale feel to everything, uh, from the city alleyways to like the they have tons of like children nightmare scenes in it. Um, you pretty much just get the feeling of the director, uh, I don't even know how to, his name's pronounced, like Jean-Pierre, Jean-A or something, uh, wanted, and he's apparently a, a famous, bizarre uh, director, um, wanted you to feel like you were in a, a fantasy metropolis where, like, every alleyway could be, like, just lead to, like, a, it was almost, it was almost like Batman Forever, like the genius of Batman Forever, but better, and that's what, that's what makes it good. Um, but on all, all seriousness, uh, it, the city feels really, full of depth and it seems like everything every like little corner could be full of danger and it, it has you on edge for a lot of it and it has you in like this uh dreamlike state for a lot of it also and it, it works out really well but it uh it ends up being just the main draw to the movie uh the relationship between Perlman's character whose name is Mr. One and uh Miette grows on you a little bit but that's about where this where this whole fantasy ends I'd uh I'd still recommend it, uh, if not for the pictures, but the original plot itself is actually pretty interesting. A guy stealing dreams from kids because he can't have his own and is rapidly aging is sort of sort of interesting. That sounds pretty intense. Is it is it geared to kids or no? Oh God, I definitely wouldn't recommend this for uh, the Parker Posey of of this week being uh, kids. Uh, a movie you'd recommend to a child. It's 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 a rated R movie actually, really? uh, and it it's. Uh, there is like there's not any sex in it. There's a part where it's sort of like a a girl trying to seduce Ron Perlman, but it's more almost we all know that ain't work. anything else. Yeah, Ron Perlman says no, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good movie. I, I still recommend seeing it. Like I said, it's it's visually stimulating, and the plots the plots unique, but it it doesn't get you attached like you would hope. And uh, it's good movie. Good movie. When did this thing come uh, out? Was this years good question. And years ago or what? Uh, I don't even I don't have that in front the of me. Title of this thing? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Lost City of Children's Genius. But let me actually uh, type that up right now in my my faithful browser. And it was '95. It was a while ago. So, um, and it didn't win any Oscars. It didn't win the Best Foreign Film, unfortunately. But it was good, and it got a, it did get a lot of awards. It just didn't get recognized by our uh, bigotry, uh, bigotry, uh, full Oscar board people, Academy Award what? people, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying either. Uh, but yeah, that will be that would be it for our movie reviews. Go see it, and uh, apparently, do not go see uh, Hugo Pool with uh, Alyssa Milano unless you want to just want to see. Do you some even want to talk at all about the uh, the movie that I got from Netflix to to make you watch? 
Uh, you made me watch a lot of movies, but no, I do not want to. T- I do not want to wow. talk about any movies you make me. Yeah, I did watch Dark Crystal again recently, which I also Goodness. don't want to talk about. But it was great. It was great. To uh, just step in our to our topic today, uh, the movie Whip It, which we talked about uh, recently, a movie about a rebellious teenager that turns into a a semi pro roller derby player, has uh, been discussed before. But what we wanted to shed light on today. What's special about today was uh, uh, the role that Drew Barrymore played, which we didn't talk about, and uh, a slew of other actors that played in their corresponding films. Uh, that role, of course, would be the slot of the director, which, uh, interestingly enough, uh, few actors have made the leap from playing uh, playing in the movie to calling the, the shots from behind the scenes, and it's uh, very few have pulled it off, wouldn't you say? Actually, I think a lot of them pulled it off, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I've got, I don't know, just kind of going through who I knew, I came up with, I don't know, a couple dozen at least that came, I mean, a lot of them failed, obviously, like, I wasn't a big fan of Totoro's Romance and Cigarettes and uh, Shemi's Interview, two movies that I did reviews on, but, I mean, a lot of them did have, you know, great success besides. Well, yeah, let's let's start off with something, uh, I guess we can't really start off with Drew Barrymore, I love her to death, but... She was in, you know, she was great in Batman Forever, which we've already mentioned twice. That's two. She was in Batman Forever. Uh, she was. Yeah, yeah. Who, but, she played uh, Batman Forever. She was one of Two Faces chicks. Yeah. Oh, well, I anyways, remember that uh, now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, she was the angel. So that's correct. Yeah, because yeah, he had the exactly. angel, and then he had the other girl, but she was the angel. Because he had Batman two faces. That's, that's fine. Uh, two faced it. And one face was and the he, good face, and the other one was the bad face. And that dictated his entire personality. He'd yes. flip this coin. I remember, see? He would flip this coin, and it would determine whether he would let the good face decide or the bad face. Tommy Lee Jones played him, didn't he? Yes, yeah. yeah. He did. Do we know he who did. played the bad angel? Uh, Debbie Mazar, if I remember correctly. Debbie Mazar. Wow. Yeah, that's from right field. Me well done. Bit. She's good. Just like the, just like the Tigers. She's good. Oh, so not uh, very good, but she's pretty good. <laughs> Whip it being her first movie, and uh, Lord knows, <laughs> none of us have seen it yet, so we won't be able to really uh, uh, muddy her reputation today. Uh, so uh, I'll it's pose a question to you guys. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> when does that stuff... Oh, I haven't seen that movie. I refuse to comment on whether or not it's going to be stupid. Is, is there a place in our, uh, our our bright, joyful world for hopeful actors to turn into, like, modest directors? Like, I know people have made the leap, but have they done a good job at all? I, yeah, I don't think Tommy yes. Lee Jones was that good at two, as Two-Face. I really like Darren Eckert better. <laughs> and he did direct a movie, but I never saw it. Re- who Jones Tommy or Lee Jones? Yeah, oh, no. Tommy <laughs> Jones. Did the, so uh, James, you claim you claim some people have uh, have turned a turned a leaf and gone from being actor to director and done a great job. Name name a few. Um, at least uh, Ron Howard did. I mean, he was a child actor, kind of got up to the 1980s with uh, um, Happy Days, and then switched to film directing. And he's had, at the very least, commercial success. But I've liked some of his films, like Willow. Uh, Cinderella Man I really enjoyed Beautiful Mind um, he's won an Oscar he's been nominated for another one of course he failed with like The Grinch and stuff Frost like Nixon Frost Nixon Frost, Frost Nixon got a nomination indeed. for him for directing yep. Jeff's, Jeff's recent review mm-hmm. so but yeah See, he's, listening. he's one of the more successful cases I would think does he really count though was he really an actor yes he played he was, Opie he in the Andy stuff. Griffith show 
God damn it! John Wayne movie. Uh, I forget the name. He was that. spoofed on The Simpsons, so that's like the that's like a rite of passage right there. If yeah. you're if you're spoofed on The Simpsons, but I guess he was playing sort of the director role at that point. Yeah, Ron Howard's pretty good. I'll, I'll give He's you still that. Rob I'll Reiner. give you one. Two more. Rob Reiner, are you serious? Yes. yes Rob Come Reiner's on. great. I'm quite serious. Okay, great. Great doing what? And what did, he, what did he act when in? Harry what Sally, the in? Princess Bride, Stand By Me, A Few Good Men, Misery, North, The American <laughs> President. All right. Spinal Wait. Tap. And what And what did he act in again? Go the on. Sure Thing. Uh, what did he act uh, in? He was, he was in TV. He was in All in the Family. He was uh, Me Hood. Right. See? Right. See? A very, a very huge career. How about somebody that had a real career that turned into a director? <clears throat> like Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones played Two-Face in Batman Forever. Um. So, uh, we lost. Le- we lost Jeff. I can't hear him anymore. James, what, what were you saying? I said Clint Eastwood. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Now that now we're talking. Now we're talking. Clint Eastwood's got a. Are pretty we big, really? He's got a pretty big portfolio. Yeah, he does. Um, I liked a few of his films. My favorite of his is probably, uh, probably Million Dollar Baby. I really like that film a lot. Unforgiven's really good too. I haven't seen uh, Million Dollar he ended Baby. Up winning, uh, best directing for both of those. Hmm. So, Million Dollar, actually, yeah, I was going to say Million Dollar, did Million Dollar Baby win Best Picture, too, or no, just Best Directing? Uh, I think it won Best Picture as well. Yeah. Yep, I think both of those films won him uh, directing and one film. Right, right. So, Jeff, other than Tommy Lee Jones, do you have a, a favorite you'd like to like to plug for actor-turned-director? Somebody that's made um, the lead? Oh, well, I, I already said Rob Reiner, um, and that just got pissed all over. You know, uh, George Clooney, I didn't see his latest movie, The uh, Leatherheads, that he directed, but uh, his first movie, the 2002 Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, is a phenomenal movie, I think. Uh, I, think I enjoyed that one, yeah. I think good. probably Charlie Kaufman, the, the writer, had a lot to do with that. He writes yeah. really, really well. Um, and then also his second movie, Good Night and Good Luck, about uh, the biopic about Edward R. Edward R. Murrow, or... Uh, well, I don't no. know if you call it a biopic or not, but it was about Edgar a- R. Murrow. You haven't? Yeah, that one was pretty good. Oh, Leatherheads was more of like a homage to the films of old. Like it was kind of almost, I want to say slapstick, but it was I don't know nineteen, you know, fifties or actually earlier. Planet Terror, forty style Planet films. Terror. Planet Terror. No, no. Not have you seen Planet Terror more. yet? Oh wow. God! You're missing That's out. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. That is terrible. Oh, uh, which. I, I want to bring up Tom Hanks, but before that, while we're on while we're on the topic, actors that George Clooney being playing uh, Moreau in that movie. How about any special special situations where somebody directed and acted in the same film? Do you think they ever were able to pull it off? Like George Clooney in, um, for instance, uh, a movie that I really enjoyed, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I, I didn't know he was in that movie. I did not know. Yeah, that. yeah, he played he played yeah. like a. A support, definitely a supporting character. Um, same with uh, Good Night and Good Luck. He he played a supporting yeah, character in that. And he was well. in Leatherheads also. Well, yes, I thought Good Night and Good Night and Good Luck. He was Moreau, wasn't he? No, he was a side oh, character. Oh, see, uh, all right. David Strathairn played. See, uh, you guys got to tell Moreau. me these things. I'm the host here. You got to tell me. I'm just here to yeah. ask questions. That's what your precious uh, studio folk are full. Right, right. Yeah, the <laughs> instead of sending you chocolates, maybe they should be watching movies. Yeah, come on, Jimmy. Them. You watching this? <laughs> Listen up. That's right. But, yeah, Eastwood's in pretty much all of his films, so I think it does. I think it works pretty well. Is that what, the, is that what uh, we want to say is the the usual uh, theme here, actors creating their own vehicles to make a movie? Or do you, think it's, just, direct- you um, think it's just a uh, reaction to, to the situation? I think it's hit or miss. I mean, like, 
early ones that we mentioned, like Reiner and stuff, I mean, he's not in a lot of his stuff, and obviously Ron Howard's not in a lot of his stuff. Right. But, I mean, Eastwood does it. Um, um, Costner did it with Dances with Wolves, won himself an Oscar. Gibson did it with Braveheart, won himself an Oscar. So That's true. Was, uh, was yeah, Eastwood, he directed um, Mystic River, didn't he? Who's that? Clint Eastwood? Eastwood, yeah. He wasn't yep, in that at all, though, for that one. No. Uh, I don't, I don't think, think he was in that one. That no. was one of his more lauded movies as well, I believe. It won yeah, and he was not in Letters from Iwo Jima, and he got nominated for that one, too. Yeah, so he's kind of done a little bit of both. Kevin Bacon was in it, but he doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So going back to Tom Hanks, who I want to discuss, I've been holding another uh, thing I've been keeping in my back pocket. I've been watching the Banner Brothers series, which I know Jim is a, a big fan of and Jeff is completely oblivious about. Uh, uh, good series. <laughs> you know you know that I'm a big fan of that as well. <laughs> Uh, good series, and I finally watched the Tom the Tom Hanks uh, episode. It's the Crossroads episode, it's like part five, I think. And I don't know if I like the direction it had wasn't very good. Then you ended up going with like the real life, like cam- the view of the the soldier like running through uh, an, a trench or running across a road, and it'd be shaky, and it was just the whole all right, you're the soldier alongside your soldier buddies, and he went th- went with that angle and I don't like he I didn't like it very much I didn't like it very much and uh I gotta say Tom, and he that's pretty much the only other thing he directed other than well you know he's directed like 10 other things some TV stuff and he directed uh, he did that one yeah it was the music the music uh, uh that, yeah, thing, that you thing you do also um yeah he's done a couple things and can you think of anybody that's actually tried to make the director jump and just hasn't been able to pull it off um yeah, Drew Barrymore in this stupid new movie she's directing. What's it called again? Uh, Whip It. Whip It. Whip It. Whip It. Yeah. yeah, screw that movie. It made some. It made some cash. It didn't do the best. Uh, it was the in terms of uh, movies released this week, it did the worst. It made uh, five million about. So, um, but uh, yeah, Totoro. I haven't been a fan of his stuff yet. Buscemi. Haven't been a fan of his stuff yet. Uh, Spacey. I saw a movie that he directed. It was okay. Probably a little bit subpar. Uh, he did a movie called Albino Alligator. That was pretty old. That some, was old school. Yeah, he, it's about some crooks that kind of stumble into a bar yeah. and kind of make a hostage situation about it. Um, Nimoy, you know, Three Men and a Baby. Ne- well, hold you on. Know. Nimoy directed Three Men and a Baby? <laughs> yes, along with Star Holy Trek 3 shit. and 4. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is the best I, I episode did, ever. <laughs> I did like the third and fourth Star Trek, but three men and a baby. That's great. Uh, not so much. That's great. That's awesome. See, the thing about three men and a baby is there wasn't really a mother figure around. There were three men. <laughs> and then yes, there was a baby. Big, big, uh, what, what do you expect Nemo to do? He can't work like that. <laughs> these these things are all true. These things are all true. And a lot of these, like, do you think people that. Uh, have made the jump from being actor to director, do they get themselves established as actors first, or do they just go, you know, hey, I've done one movie acting, I'm moving to, I'm going to directing now, this is bullshit, and they actually make a name for themselves, or do you think a lot of these guys pulled themselves up in the acting business and then just built this on the side and started trying to do directing? I think that's also, hit or, like, can go either way. I mean, Ed Norton was in the biz for a while, and then he did his little foray into movies with Keeping the Faith. God, another great movie. That was pretty successful, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, I mean, Tim Robbins was around a while before he did Dead Man Walking. Didn't he also um, do uh, Bolts Over Broadway? Not Bolts Over Broadway, but um, Cradle Will Rock? 
Uh, yes, I th- believe That's actually did. a pretty good movie. I don't think a lot of people have seen that movie, but it's a, it's a pretty cool movie. Huge ensemble cast yeah. in that flick. And then Ben Affleck, I mean, he tried acting. It didn't work out, so then he went to directing and did pretty good with Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you got, like, Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, I mean, he did a little bit yeah. bit roles in, like, the Holy Grail type stuff. And then God bless him. into directing and... Yeah. That's been his forte now. You wonder, I mean, you know, when we've had Gilliam on in the past, uh, we never asked him this question, but you wonder if he, uh, if he like, always wanted to be a director and just tried to, like, crack in by acting, because it's, you know, there's only one director for every film, but there's 350 extras, and and that's how you crack in, and then you kind of get known in the business and get your get your script out to people or get your resume out to people and stuff. I, w- yeah. I wonder if, with a lot of these people, if that's how it worked. I mean, obviously, like, you know, people that get real famous acting and then try their hand at directing, that's probably not the case, but... Anybody can direct now, Jeff, anybody. In the digital age, anybody has, has that ability. Man, look, yeah. we're, we're running a podcast here, so. <laughs> which, which is our case in point. Don't let anybody on these fucking internets. Oh, no joke, no joke. Um, is you know any... who else didn't think Rob Reiner was that great? Was uh, apparently Chris Guest, because Rob Reiner uh, directed Chris Guest's first like movie that he wrote, and Chris Guest said, screw that guy, I can direct the rest of them. And uh, so that's kind of <laughs> if, interesting. If Reiner can direct something, anybody can. That's just that's something. Hey, I like Reiner movies. Yeah, I do, too. some good stuff. Just because Princess Bride was great doesn't mean anyone else couldn't have made Princess Bride. That's where, that's where your logic fails, James. That's where your logic fails. You're an asshole too. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, any any last plugs for uh, actors turned directors? Um, if you haven't checked out Ed Burns' early stuff when he directed, I, I give people a recommendation for his couple of movies. Right. He kind of jumped right in. He was one that's kind of is against the the grain here. He's started directing, kind of did his own thing right off the bat, and he did She's the One and Brothers McMullen, and both of those I really enjoy. They're kind of independent films, got some big names, and she's the one. But, uh, yeah, good movies. I like them. Hello? <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm here. I, I, I'm muted because I was uh, I was bonging a beer. Uh, I, was, I was asking, I haven't seen Ed Burns in a while. I'm wondering, uh, has he been busy directing? Because it looks like he hasn't been, oh, I guess he's been doing some stuff. A lot of TV stuff. I don't know. I'm, af- I'm afraid to look. He might be dead if you're talking. No, about him. <laughs> he's not dead. Ed, Ed Burns is not okay. dead. I assure all the females out there, he's he's okay. Um, he, he was in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, uh, we wanted like uh, we wanted to give uh, Drew Barrymore a little little salute and all the actors that have turned directors. Keep it up. Uh, I'm I, personally, I'm looking for a little bit more productive production value, but I guess that's just me. It sounds like Jim's pretty happy with your uh, where you, where you've gone. So. It is uh it is now that special special time where uh, we move to our Parker Posey play along, which if you guys do not know, it is uh our question our weekly question that we bring to the forums and also to our movie hour page if you search for the movie or the Facebook Facebook page if you search for the movie hour. Uh, the question last week was from me, also genius. Uh, the question was what movie would you recommend to a child? Uh, didn't get as many answers as usual, maybe because uh, all our all our parent listeners are too busy watching their children. But uh, I, I would like to give the Spirit Award, uh, if that's cool, I, I, I'm not sure, uh, to Dana, one of our Facebook pals, uh, mainly because she, she put up an answer. It was for Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, which, you know, as much as I like the idea to show that to a, uh, ch- a child, I think she meant to answer uh, Jim's question from a week before, which was, what's the best movie series? Uh, she's a little behind, 
But Spirit Award, congratulations, Dana. Good work. It was, and a good answer for my uh, question. Yeah, it wasn't brought up before, I don't think. You know, I, I really liked uh, our friend Jarv's answer. Uh, Jarv, big friend of the show. Uh, he, he came up with a few things. He mentioned a few things. But he said the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy. And I think that, that that's a really good point because you definitely want them watching that crap or that before they watch the uh, the first the, – the, the new Star Wars trilogy yeah, and having that, you know, be what they like so that, you know, they can watch the original three and then make their own decisions about Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And of course, Star Wars being the older of the movies, they probably won't be as accessible. So if Jar can show somebody, show a child that movie, they'll, they'll find it and spread it all over the internet. And that is what the internet's there for. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, Jim P's answer of E.T. I think that's a, a really good choice. It's a great movie to kind of, prep the kid for the wonderment of film. E.T. It's kind of a good introduction to more adult ones. Yeah. Like E.T., e. the one being uh, that's been uh, changed without uh, the guns, bang, bang? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that P would show him the, the original version. So, <laughs> Right, right. Uh, one last one last comment I want to make. Uh, KPW mentioned Fox and the Hound, which is a, uh, I think it's a Disney movie that just does not get enough play. Yeah. It is actually a pretty, it's a very good movie, and... Uh, it is one that is part of uh, our local collection here, and I just wanted to give a shout out because it's it's not mentioned very much along uh, the Disney the Disney uh, juggernaut, but good movie, good movie. So that uh, I guess that turns us to our new Parker Posey play along, which uh, unfortunately is Jeff's question. So was that uh, a fortunately or unfortunately? Uh, <clears throat> that was a whatever he was. Fortunately. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, so this question actually inspired by uh, by one of our one of our favorite listeners, Jim P., uh, who posted not too long ago, but maybe a month or two ago, on the Gunga Pit, um, a clip from a movie called Carnal Knowledge, in which uh, Jack Nicholson and his uh, girlfriend have a have a pretty big fight. And I was I was wondering what you guys think, uh, you guys and our listeners, um, is your favorite lovers quarrel in a movie? Jesus, oof, that is gonna be rough. Talk slow. <laughs> well, you guys want me to dumb it down for you a little bit? No, I, we can no. just go with... Go ahead. Okay. Go right. ahead. What's right. your answer? So my answer is going to be from The Empire Strikes Back, where Han Solo what? and Princess Leia get in the argument, and they're walking. They're trying to walk out of like the ice station place, and stuff's blowing up all around them. They're yelling at each other, and uh, I really like that. And it kind of goes into the asteroid field. Like they're in a huge argument the whole way, pretty much through the first half of the movie. And there are some really great quotes. You're, te- you're telling me Han Solo and Leia in the asteroid scene of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, uh, the the space station scene, or the oh. uh, the ice station scene and then into the asteroid scene that's that's pretty good <laughs> it didn't sound like you thought so earlier yeah i i was being i was being sarcastic uh, oh sarcastic <laughs> oh i guess i could go with like the when harry met sally obvious choice but i'm not going to go with that because i haven't even seen the movie but i'd still pick it <laughs> um but what I'm i was saying like lover's quarrel movie i'm saying like just right a lover's right. quarrel in a movie right okay right What's what's funny is one of the first things that came to mind, which is very along uh, the the strand that you went with, was uh, <laughs> not Star Wars, but the great parody Spaceballs of Star <laughs> Wars, <laughs> with uh, wow. 
Yeah, it, no, it's it's good. Lone Star and Princess Vespa in Star Wars are just at each other's necks. That pretty much that entire movie, and I think Jim would agree with me. Of uh, I, I don't even remember the the girl's name's like Daphne something, but uh, Bill Pullman. Daphne's the new yeah, guy. and uh, and her are uh, are both at each other's necks, making fun of each other. I think there's some you know like uh, man female jokes in there somewhere, and it's uh it's a neck at neck uh, battle. And Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks at his best, of course. And one of the few movies out of, uh, I think, of like a dozen I own, uh, and it's 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 genius. And I know that's sort of a cop out, but that's that's what I'm going to go with. And of course, John Hurt's in it, which we want we want to mention every episode. <laughs> All right, my turn. Take one, Harry um, Sally. Take it. Take it. Uh, I was thinking about doing Indiana Jones just for the sake of you know, answering. <laughs> that Adding one. another Indiana. America's sweethearts. Sure America's sweethearts. Argued a lot. Um, I'm Princess Bride. No, I'm thinking about going with a cop out and naming an entire movie. I don't know if that's legal or not. An entire that's movie because it was a very entertaining movie. It was called War of the Roses. What yes, the great answer, fantastic answer. What the hell is War of the Roses? Go on. Yeah, you wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> Basically, no idea. It's Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, and they're going through bitter divorce, and they're no holds barred, Ooh. arguing and fighting. It's and narrated by Devito, down. and he's awesome. Yeah, narrated by Devito and directed by Devito, which goes back into our uh, our uh, current double theme. whammy. Which, by the way, yeah. when you brought so I win. When you brought that up, I've got a I've got a completely new one. Money Pit, great. Yeah, I thought it was Money Pit, but I couldn't think of a specific scene out of there that I want to use. The part Money where Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks as the girl. I th- what is it? Uh, I'm looking now. Shelley Long, I think is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Shelley Long uh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, Shelley Long asked Tom Hanks, it, "It amazes me that you ever that you ever passed the bar." And he responds, "That's that's funny. I didn't think you ever passed a bar in your life." And it's that is the best line, hands down. I changed my answer. Money pit, money pit. That's perfect. They're they're great in that. Of course, being the story of them trying to buy a house and uh, revamp the whole thing. Great movie. It might be better than Spaceballs. That's tough. Oof. <laughs> I made a. I made well, a, can be your question. I made a whole week. new Parker What's better, the money pit or space? Yeah, balls. yeah, no joke. So, uh, yeah, right. funny farm would have been a really good answer too. Maybe better than my answer. An, an excellent question. An excellent question. So, can you uh, uh, restate it one more time for our? Uh, I can uh, restate it one more time. Uh, your favorite lovers' quarrel in a movie? Nice. Uh, you can find it at uh, gungapit.com. We'll put the question there, and also at our uh, Facebook page if you search the movie hour. Uh, you will also find it. You will also find it. Excellent question. Excellent question. And uh, I wanted to mention, uh, before we wrap up, this is big. This is huge. This is colossal. Uh, I wanted to turn this discussion a little bit toward music for a minute. Uh, a couple good friends of ours are touring around uh, pretty much the nation with their band Rebel Inc. And that's like Inc. as in Incorporated, not uh, the pen Inc. Uh, they play a pretty crazy live concert. and the, they're, ba- they're based in Baltimore. And they've been sort of likened to Rage Against the Machine, if you're interested in that kind of uh, rap metal sound. Uh, the reason I bring them up today is because they're actually going to be coming into our neck of the woods now that we're actually back in Michigan and Jeff's leaving. I think he'll be back in time for it, but uh, it'll be uh, they'll be in town in Michigan uh, October 24th in Clint Township. If you're uh, if that piques your curiosity, if you're uh, if you're interested, you can find more information uh, about their music or the venue dates at rebelincmusic.com. Uh, you pretty much is it Ink with there. a C or with a K? Ink isn't like incorporated. Come on. Right, right. Yeah. You yeah, think yeah. I didn't know that? I was just, you know, I was clarifying for everybody. You're the numbers guy. You're the numbers guy. So rebelincinc.com. 
but yeah, they. Uh, I'm pumped to see him, and uh, hopefully, uh, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna sneak him into the the outro here. It'll be it'll be pretty nice. But uh, another another genius movie hour, and uh, thank you, James and Jeff, per usual, for the input. It's good to be back. Hang Polanski. You see, he would flip a coin. <laughs> Which, by the way, the Polanski thing, I didn't know this, but before he fled the country, apparently he, he was pled tried. guilty. He pled guilty. Pled yeah, exactly. guilty and left. Just want yep. So, That's I didn't know that before. A pretty clever move for all you uh, yeah. future child molesters out there. <laughs> okay, I'll be guilty, but I'm leaving. Before sentencing, he took off. Yeah. I'm going to go direct the ninth gate. <laughs> But yeah, Jeff, you didn't say uh, drive safe. You didn't say it. Well, I don't care if they do this week. <laughs> it's turning. It's getting scary, man. It's fall. It could be snowy out in some of those Guys, places. seriously, the weather's getting nasty. Drive safe. As some of you know, uh, I'm crazy. But as also, I uh, I did traditional radio for a couple of years. That's why I, uh, I sound so goddamn cool all the time. And uh, Talking about music, Rebel Inc., of course, uh, gets me all worked oh, up. God. So... Uh, I'm going to see if I still have what it takes. I'm going to try to hit one uh, between the posts here. So uh, here we go. Give me a chance. <clears throat> Drum roll. <laughs> All right. 88.9, the movie hour. We just heard from our favorite fellows, the Kinks, with the song The Well-Respected Man, followed by the Eels with Love of the Loveless, and last but not least, the White Stripes, with the title track of their Grammy Award-winning album, Elephant. Next up, we have everybody's favorite heroes, the Baltimore band Rebel Inc., you can find more from the band at rebelinkmusic.com, the iTunes Music Store, and where you heard it first, right here at the Movie Hour. This song is called March. Bye, guys. Come on, everybody, let's get-